talk. And welcome to another episode of You Talk Too Much. And we are here in Mangare with my friend Rich, and he is going to share his story about encountering a health crisis while he's still, um, you know, a young, healthy man. And I'll just start off by getting him to introduce himself. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Richard Misile. I am a father to a beautiful girl by the name of Grace, who is six years old. I'm uh, married to a beautiful woman by the name of Jolene Misile. Um, yeah, and we live here in South Auckland. So that's pretty much me. I, I love the Lord. I'm a born-again Christian. Um, yeah, it's a worldview that I hold close to my heart because it's one that I feel like uh, addresses reality. Uh, properly and truthfully and I think even without it I, I think my life would have been mud um, but yeah that's, that's pretty much me awesome thanks for sharing that Rich so I guess my next question is um, yeah where, where were you in your life before you encountered this kind of health crisis cool so I was um I guess where everyone probably thinks you know you're, you're doing well and I, I had just got a new new job so in the same organization that I've been with which is Auckland Libraries, Auckland Council, I uh, got a new role where I was able to step up and so things were looking pretty uh, cool and smooth and then um, yeah obviously married, uh, thank God we were able to purchase our own home so that's, that's where we were in life. Are you, so, um, are you comfortable sharing, like, some kind of detail about what happened, or, yeah, and then what happened? Cool, so, um, what happened was, for the past few years, I had lost a significant amount of my hearing in my right ear, and I just put that down to me sniffing my nose too much, too much wax in my ear, uh, so forth. Um, but it was significant enough where I just thought, no, actually there's an issue. So I went to the doctors, they put me onto some specialists, um, called the, they called the ENT, um, department or whatever you call it in, in the, the, the medical field. Uh, so they look at the specifically look at the ears, everything in the, the neck and the throat. And so yeah, I had ear specialist, and uh, she looked at me quite a bit. Just couldn't figure out uh, why I lost hearing because everything was looked fine, but my hearing tests were coming with a significantly decreased uh, hearing. One day she thought I think it was going to be my last appointment with her, and then she said, "Oh, you know what? We're just going to do an MRI. I don't think I'm going to find anything, but we will just do it. Just cross that option off." And then there's from the that MRI scan that I, that I got uh, from Middlemore where they found uh, a brain tumour uh, and they call it uh, um, a vestibular schnoma. Um, yeah, so it was, it's one that apparently just comes out of nowhere. 
um, I happened to have a symptom that was that showed decreased hearing but other people they will either show no symptoms or um, it'll just keep growing within them and then they might you know, it'll just press a, a, a upon the, the brain uh, but yeah so thank god we were able to kind of discover that there the other discovery though and, and I thank god was there was a non-cancerous one so it wasn't malignant uh, it was benign but it was they said it was growing it was growing and so they needed to get it out because you get options um, as to how to deal with it but because mine was growing and pressing on the brain I, I had to get my surgically removed so um how were you feeling when you found out that you had something you know significantly wrong with you i felt uh, it's it's a weird feeling because there's this part of me because based on my faith doesn't matter if i pass because i know where i'm going um and uh that's to, to heaven but the other side of me was really worried and anxious for my family a lot a, a lot with for my wife a lot with my daughter because um, I you know when you start I started getting those feelings of oh I don't want my daughter to have a fatherless lifestyle or fatherless life um, and so those are the things that worried me um, so that's yeah that's that's how I was feeling at the time So, um, how was your experience like in the health system? Was it smooth going? It sounded like it took, you know, it did, it did seem like there wasn't anything significantly wrong with you. Did you have to be quite persistent in order to get more like intense examinations, I guess? That's a good question because I think what, <laughs> and, I, and I don't want to, you know, put anyone in a bad spotlight. But when I was, w while I was doing all the testing in the public health system, yeah, everything obviously took its time. Appointments came. Anyway, they weren't quick. As soon as I let them know that I had insurance, everything sped up. Yeah. So the the moment I, I, I just remember going to see a specialist under the public health system. He was uh, he, um, under the uh, at uh, the Auckland District Health Board. Um, and he was getting me, kind of preparing me and said, oh, you know, well, we got to do the, this was July, I think it was, it was mid-September. Um, my timing's way off here, eh? July to September. Um, and he said to me, oh, look, you, we got to have the surgery soon, but it won't be maybe until November, December, end of the year. And then as soon as I said insurance, I've got some, um, he managed to get me surgery in a week. You know, from that moment, so yeah, you know, the public health system, I, I appreciate it, um, you know, because it does help so many of our people. But, and but I've been really blessed to get um, some insurance, and I just got that years ago, just for the sake of the you know, feeling secure. Hey, just just having that there, and um, yeah, I, I remember people saying, "Oh, I don't get it, you're still young, don't waste that money." But um, I thought, "Oh no, I just just plan ahead and." It worked out well because if you look at the cost of the surgery it's like 20 grand alone for the, the doctor himself um yeah and there's no way our people can afford it mm. how was your health before you had this care yeah my health was perfectly fine apart from um 
some smaller t-shirts getting even tighter around the, the tummy um, but now I was fine like generally the doctors said I was young fit and, and healthy um, even though if I went for a run it just became a walk uh, but yeah no, generally it, it looked like nothing was wrong um, so that's why this was kind of like a pretty much a, a shock and a surprise so how did you I know, process that information in terms of like letting people know um, yeah did you let your wife know straight away was she in the room with you when you found out yeah so yeah yeah I definitely let uh, Joe know straight away um, I was stupid and went and texted my family I texted them and um, you know if you know our Pacifica parents in my text I said I've got a brain tumour um, but I, I put the word benign before that but my mum didn't read benign she just saw brain tumour and my sister my younger sister Mona said my mum was screaming in the house and so I had to call and just say no 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 mum it's, it's fine I'm getting the, the operation um, for it but I thought I'll let you know but it was stupid of me to just text it um, but yeah um, I let them know and I only let my my boss know um, who then kind of had to tell all my colleagues but I really kept it close to me because I I don't um, really reveal much to people close uh, around me because I just think everyone's got their own issues so that's pretty much how that all kind of came out so Rich how did your recovery go was it quick or yeah what happened after you had your surgery yeah so this is where um, the story gets really tipsy and TV. Um, so the initial surgery I had was at the end of September and the doctor said if everything goes well you'll be six months back to f- uh, health you know not full health but you know I'll be I can go back to work at that time so that it, w- it would have been around mid-November um, but it was a couple of days after the surgery when I was home that I something happened with a wound on the back of my where I had the surgery um, split open and then that, that's probably where the infection hit me and then I was um, the doctors needed to test me for meningitis and so they put in a, um, a lumbar puncture drain into my spine and then that's when all the feeling in my left leg and part of my left side of my body just was left like I, so I couldn't walk um, yeah and, and so that was a uh, that was really humbling that time because I couldn't walk and get out of the bed. The nurses had to do everything for me. Like they had to shower me. They had to even take me to the toilet and, and wipe me. Like that's, that deals with your dignity. Yeah, yeah. So, but on the flip side, that just made my respect for nurses bloom like even more. Like they just do it. They do it professionally. And they just don't care about anything. And it's just like, they're doing their job and they just do it lovingly knowing that oh this person's fully naked before them to the stranger um and obviously not much to look at but they're they're just doing their job you know i really honor the nurses that at the the hospital it's particularly at the Auckland hospital i'm, I'm not sure i haven't had any experiences at other hospitals but and they would even tell me like we would get to a point where we were talking they'll say oh we're short staff so sorry if you don't see me us often um but they do an amazing job, and I know they've been dealing with um, uh, yeah, COVID, yeah, you know, all those, those issues, um, being short-staffed. So, yeah, sorry, I forgot the question. <laughs> I was kind of went on a tangent, but 
yeah that's it and um yeah so it, it, i was probably in one unit with um the neurology department because of the lumbar puncture drain um that they had to deal with and then two weeks after that i was i got slightly better but obviously everything in my brain was uh, the brain fluid was still leaking um and so i had to get three extra operations to to deal with that because the the other two i uh, just didn't fix everything but the last one which was at the beginning of november that um november 2020 that has helped to fix everything so the recovery is is ticking along we're in january now they said it will take a year before everything is fully right and set but um yeah praise the lord from that point compared to now it's it's, it's a lot better yeah i um i feel you on that comment about nurses because i have friends who are nurses and i got sick on our girls trip and they yeah pretty much did that stuff <laughs> really really loving me and they're like it's like because i got sick i ate something bad and then i got sick all over myself and they're like oh no it's okay because we've, we've seen worse and i said no more and i was just so embarrassed and um yeah like you know but it's just like they go into automatic yeah. mode and they just knew what to do <laughs> and then i was like i'm so sorry but you work on your off time um my next question is like yeah how did you pro like how did you get yourself through those moments of because when i think of i think i've been in hospital once when i had something but it was just minor and it was short but it was still like i remember feeling helpless that feeling of helplessness um and just you know how no like just everyone's on the outside no one's feeling the helplessness because they didn't figure out what was wrong with me and then they did but so it wasn't like a long stay but it was um dramatic enough for me in that moment they didn't know what was wrong with me for me to be like i am so mortal <laughs> like i am so like fragile and helpless and you know so how did you um deal with those moments when you were in hospital those are some of the hardest times i've ever felt in my life um just physically obviously because everything wasn't right and i prided myself on being quite a strong person um you know that type that has to do all the mowing the lawn and everything outside um so i love that stuff uh so i prided myself on strength but then to have lost it um took a lot out of me and then i couldn't read for a while so even one of my favorite things to do which is obviously to read uh, the bible or read um various texts that was a struggle too to not be able to to just read um so yeah, it was it was and then emotionally just thinking like not being able to see my daughter um you know and sometimes i feel like oh, i need to be strong for my family but then i couldn't even do that those, those are real struggles in the and i know you as a christian you when you go through tests and you see other people go through tests you think oh you know just if you stick close enough to the lord if you pray enough i'm sure you'll feel all right but man when you're in the test it's it's a lot different eh? it's um especially one that i felt was so hard and even got to a point where i even started to question god 
like saying, well, why, why are you letting this happen? Um, I, I understand I have to be better. I have to get the tumor out, but then why all this extra stuff? Like they don't need to go through that stuff. Um, but that's obviously me speaking from my human perspective. Yeah, but just focusing on that time in hospital. Yeah, um, and yeah, you, you kind of notice more who covers your back, um, who who's who's noticing you. Um, yeah, it was it was a really interesting time, and I don't know if I will ever have words for it. Um, one of the pictures I have in my mind regarding that time is God having to drag me like I sometimes wasn't willing to walk in prayer with him because I was so eager or, or mad or whatever or disappointed and um, I just feel like I feel at this time of hindsight yeah, he, he dragged me a lot and so that's how I, I feel about that time so you said that you um, you know you couldn't read things that could take your mind off your situation were you was there anything that you could do then other than I think you kind of shared though eh? like was there anything like how did you really get yourself that time like I was just thinking of you in the world like I just think of a desert in my mind when you're speaking and I'm just like how like you know if I was to go in a similar situation and not be able to distract because I'm like you I, I I'm busy because I'm a reader, and I'm, um, and yeah. So how how were you able to get through that desert? Um, it's so funny yeah, you saying that you're about the desert because, and one of the one one of the things I did, um, lying in the hospital bed, was the because my only view was the ceiling or the walls, eh? And so, um, there's a lot of time passes <laughs> when you're just lying there. But one of the things I try to strengthen myself with, and maybe I don't know if it's my error or I did it wrong, was the setup of the ceiling had three lights. And so it was almost like a triangle, like one light was almost directly above me. And then there were two uh, further down that were kind of lined up with my feet. And I often had to say to the Lord, um, I, I had to use that as my cross. And I said, oh Lord, that's the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'll keep looking at the, the structure of the lights and I'll, I'll use that to keep praying. Um, even though a lot of my prayers are, why, why, why? <laughs> um, but that, that's, I, I, that kind of pulled me through, I guess, and helped keep my mind from going nutty was those three lights. Yeah. Um, Auckland Hospital still needs work vlogging jobs and fixing stuff because <laughs> there were um, stuff in the ceiling that I used too because there were dots and I kept saying oh those are the stars that God made um, and there were lines uh, just with the ceiling tiles and stuff and, and I'll, I'll, I would follow them hard out in my eyes trying to memorize um, just little activities like that so um, but I tell you the moment I was able to read man I just got on my phone and um, just try to read Oh, actually, I, I, when I was able to get feeding back in my leg and I had to walk off a uh, walker, uh, one of the first places I went to was the chapel. I went and looked for the chapel and just grabbed one of those small Bibles. But I'm not going to be lying and say I read every day. Like, 
but I just needed to have the word close to me, even if it was just physically. Yeah. So, um, was your recovery so after like how long did it take for you to fully like be able to walk in to see like what kind of time frame was there? My whole time in hospital beginning from the first surgery right through to when I left the hospital it's probably about six seven weeks um and but even when I got home um the doctors were saying you're still close you're still a step away if something bad you know if you just tripped up or you sneeze that's you you gotta come back uh if you get a fever you gotta come back and and I actually got a couple fevers the nights after but because I was so desperate not to get back to the hospital, I just dealt out with it myself. And thank God, like, uh, yeah, um, my, my wife, especially, she kept an eye on me. Like, she was the nurse. Um, but that's that's the, the time it took. Yeah, that, that's about how long it took. But even saying that, Neoma, like, I know, even though it was hard for me, I knew there were other patients because the nurses would tell me, man, they were there three months. Uh, they, even, you know, would have no family. So... I always kept it in the back of my mind that despite how long this was taking and how sorry I felt for myself at times that there were other people that were way worse than I was. Were you able to make friends with anybody while you were in hospital? No, they um they didn't really encourage because um, I was in my own single room too um, and because I didn't make a lot of movements. Um, I, I only really only made friends with the nurses. Mm. And um, yeah, what kind of? So most of the nurses had like really were really nice and really like. Oh, that's nice to hear because sometimes we hear like some nurses don't want to be there. Yeah. Like when we had yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's so that's so nice because I almost fear going into the being sick because I hear so many bad stories about the health system. You know. Um, yeah, how, like, how has your personality changed? I want to go into how has your faith changed, but I want to go into how has your personality has your personality changed from before and after this, um, you know, situation came into your life. Has there been a change? And if yes, like, how have you changed? I think one, maybe one part of my personality, I don't, I don't feel I have changed whole lot but I feel feel one part that has changed is there's a little bit more um, part of me that wants to be a bit more transparent about my life Um, because I'm so private I don't really reveal a lot and that's just out of um, an attitude of oh I I don't find myself my stuff important so why why, I don't want to um, reveal stuff to people um, it's also laziness too I don't, I don't really care about re- revealing stuff on, on social media and so forth but in saying that the the downside to that is that then I, maybe I hide some of my stuff and then I try and make myself look like I've got it all together all the time but I was still, while I was in hospital it made me think how actually it's alright to be a bit more transparent and just a bit more open with your life and you don't have to exactly show that you've got everything all together um, you can reveal to people that yeah you're struggling because we all struggle and so I think that's the truth 
um, something a part of my personality that's that's changed. It's still a work in progress, but yeah, now I just want to try and be a bit more honest with myself. Mm. Um, has your faith changed, and if yes, how? Yeah, it's um, it's 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 changed in the way that I see God a bit more. Um, like he's a to me before everyone knows he's loving you know you read the word and um it says it in the and so by theory sometimes you know it by knowledge um but when i look at that period of my life like i can really see how much he what looked after me um and even though i was being an idiot at times and just getting mad at the lord or disappointed in the way he, i was being treated um but now it's like actually may you cover me more than I think um, and I'll, I'll hold back because I'll, 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 I'll cry all over your mic but um, yeah he's I, I just don't know how to describe how graceful and merciful I've seen I can see that light now like a way more um, yeah I've been reading through the Old Testament and just seeing how Israel and, Ju- and um, Judah were quite, um, you know, they, they were blessed by the Lord. Eh? They were under this, this covenant with the Lord. And if they were obedient, then the Lord would have blessed them. Eh? That's kind of like the transaction that happened with the old covenant. But then they sinned and followed other gods and followed the dictates of their own hearts and, and, and other things. And then God had to say, Oh, because you're doing this, I'm going to have to punish you. I have to send a nation after you. But always again, he kept going back and saying, but if you return to me, I'll do this. I'll look after you. And that's how I feel with the Lord of me. Um, not that we're in the old covenant, we're in the, the covenant of grace, but he kept, he just kept pursuing me, kept looking after me. And um, yeah. That's all right, Rich. Mom, I've had people cry on me and it's totally acceptable and understandable. Um, and yeah. Um, this mic is not, oh, it's expensive, but not. <laughs> it's not precious, you know, whatever, whatever people feel like doing when they're on this podcast, do it, please, it's all about being real, I guess um, we, we are finishing off, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm not to my, I'm not in my last question yet, but um, have, you sound quite knowledgeable of the brain now, are you, do you feel like you are? <laughs> Uh, absolutely not but i do um but i have seen some awesome pictures of inside because they would put cameras in and the, there's a tv there um man the the body is amazing hey eh? the brain oh not the brain but the inside of your nose um I, I, if you can picture this like because they put the nose through my nostril so you just picture like a a cave or canal system that's it's like all rocky as if you're in a, a, a rocky cave um and for everyone it's almost like a triangle shape uh when they're going through it and then at the end of the triangle shape uh you see two holes um it's almost like more um, another network of caves uh on the end of that triangle system and those lead to your ears but for me one's been sealed off um because they had to separate because that's where the brain fluid was leaking um and it was just wow man i was just like whoa that's amazing how the body is 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 built but in terms of um 
technical expertise about the brain. Uh, no, I'm just as, as dumb as I was before. <laughs> I'm sure, like, yeah, you know way more than the average person. I feel like when you get, I feel like when's happening to me, when one part of my body is not working properly, I learn so much. Just because, not only because what the doctors say, but I just Google hard out mm. <laughs> and then learn. The, and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so how has this kind of um, un- unexpected uh, situation in your life, how has it affected your future plans? Has it? Or, and if it has, how, is, how has it affected it? Yeah, um, it's probably affected it in my outlook. Not, not, not so much like... Um, career-wise I'm gonna oh I've opened a light to go change careers or anything but in my outlook in life like I was having when I first went back to work I managed to chat with my general manager and um yeah she nailed on the head with me she said those things put into perspective what's important and um before this all happened I wanted to do really well in my my job my new job and I still want to do that but before it might have been, oh, maybe I'll spend time after work just studying stuff um, so I can get better at my job and so I'm not seen as incompetent and weak or something. But now, that's not so much as important now. Maybe when I get home, just be with my family, um, be, you know, know that the Lord will cover cover me in that aspect. But yeah, that's probably how it is, probably that, that the part of the, the future that has affected me. I think that's such a beautiful thing to say, only because, um, especially with COVID, you don't know what's going to happen. And I guess you know me since for a long time now, Rich, you know that I've always had that that outlook on life is, you know, you're not guaranteed every moment, like really live it out properly and, and really figure out what's important to you. Don't just go with the flow, like really think about how you want to live your life you know um some of my friends are like oh no you just overthink everything but i'm like i think i don't think i ever think i think i think i think we're brainwashed to not think because we're so distracted by the internet by entertainment but you know the reality is is that you have to consider your mortality and it's often health scares that remind you while while you going around especially at our age um you just feel like you're gonna live forever and there's no rush but yeah especially with the pandemic and um just all that like chaos that's um been highlighted recently you know uh you just it's i think it's becoming the norm more so with i don't know at the moment to really consider you know what's important to um us i yeah so i'm that's pretty much um finishing off our episode today rich do you have any closing remarks before we sign off um yeah that's a good question any closing remarks um i do want to like acknowledge because i know there'll be other people my age even younger who are probably dealing with harder stuff than than i than i went through so man if, if that's where you are at the moment then um I'm not sure where you stand off your faith, but God's, he's the right person to turn to in, in those moments. You might think it's his fault um, that this evil might be before you, but it's um, it's, yeah, it's it's part of the plan and that he he always looks for the good and, and he's always looking for 
you know, the, the good in the whole situation, bringing about his plan. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, it's, it's really a thought for them. Um, but in terms of closing remarks of, of, of my stuff, nah, not really. I'm just thankful for this opportunity. Thanks, Neil This is such a cool thing to do. Um, but yeah, bless this your work. Um, and yeah, and, and just oh, maybe one thing that's just popped to mind is man, look after our nurses, <laughs> and they're amazing, amazing part of the, the health system. So yeah, but I do want to honor my my wife, um, who who I know she grew tired out of the whole thing. In fact, for my wife, she had to deal with a, a, a dad who had a stroke as well. Um, so yeah, she was she held everything down, um, and my daughter um you know just not seeing dad uh, as much and, but she grew out of that so you know she grew stronger out of that um and then yeah, my, my parents still want to honor as well because they held everything as well from from the, the other end so yeah i think that's, that's pretty much what i want to say yeah i just want to thank um you rich for um making time and you know it has been a blessing and i think uh, what came to mind is that you are very much connected to uh, to many people and it really helps right when you're going into a vulnerable place um, when you've already invested in lots of people and and it kind of um, I don't know it kind of pays like pays you pays off not that you're trying to like be close to your family and your friends because you want them to be there for you in your most vulnerable moments but it's kind of um, makes it seem like that is how we should be living you know very connected to your village yeah because it's your village that um, will give you support when you're most vulnerable eh? so I think that's kind of the message because I remember you posting up um, when you let everyone know how, like what you because you were really quiet and just like no one knew and then you all of a sudden let us know through social media and it was the reason why you let us know is because you wanted to thank all your cousins and that who showed up for you and yeah I think that just shows you know um, that it's the right way to live is connected to as many people as you can be because you know maybe the way that our world works it's like you know i don't need anybody i'm self-sufficient i'm i'm the alpha person out here but you know it's when you are reminded of your vulnerabilities uh, that's when you realize maybe that's not the right way to be and yeah definitely making time for family and friends um, before you're in a position of vulnerability seems like the right way yeah, I just want to thank you, Rich. Again, I mean, you know, this basically what um, I'm trying to do is just get people to share their stories and get people to encourage and people to talk. Um, that's one of my passions is to get um, is mental health, and I believe that you know this is one way to get people to make it the norm for people to talk um, to help their mental health. So I just want to thank you for making time. I know that you're very busy um, and you're still recovering in, in some ways. So I'm really uh, just blessed with, so you just, yeah, a typical friend who, you know, that um, I've been blessed by to have, you know, you're very, I think, um, yeah, 
you're just such a good person in my life and yeah I wanted to share who you are with everyone out there <laughs> so yeah and um, I just thank you to my listeners and please tune in for our next episode of you talk too much talk, talk. talk.